welcome to episode 17 of What's Your Jam? Conversations about what makes us happy over a cup of tea and a jam scone. Hopefully there's a jam scone. Sometimes I don't have time to make them, which is tragic. My guest for my 17th chat, 17th, God, is Jim Stanton, uh, who is a good friend of mine and an excellent human being. And uh, this interview also features appearances from uh, wee baby Robin, who came along too and hung out in a beanbag next to us while we chatted. Um... It was a lovely talk. It was a nice time. We drank tea. We talked about comedy and not comedy costumes. Sorry, the c words are so close together. <laughs> That's what they all say. Uh, anyway, this was a chat about costumes and you know a little bit of a little bit of parenting. Even there was a baby there as well, thrown in for good measure. Anyway, that's episode seventeen. Have a good listen. <laughs> studio I mean my office with Jim Stanton hi Jim hello and baby bobbin baby bobbin we've got a little baby in a bean bag next to us so every time you hear a little rustling noise or a little hiccup that's a little baby or like a massive fart sound great yeah I really hope that happens well we did we just did, did have a, 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 a nappy situation as you do with babies uh, um, punami <laughs> which we dealt with before we came in here which, which I is- think I think that was wise. It's professional. Thanks, yeah. Robin. It's professional. Yeah. So, like, professional like her mum. Knows how to, knows when, knows when it's Knows when to... it's appropriate to poo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is my middle name. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I'm just going to have moments where I'm just going to crack up a lot. Um, so, uh, what do you, what would you describe as your jam? Because I, I asked you about costumes. But yes. I was like, is there a particular part of that? Well, firstly, I thought we should address what is my favorite jam. Yes. Yeah. Please do. Yeah. Because I didn't have time today to make scones and I couldn't offer you Bachman's. Yeah, which I thought was pretty bullshit, actually. Um, uh, (laughs) (laughs) And then I was going to make pike that's and bring them with jam and that also didn't happen. And uh, you're very tired and I'm very tired. So this is going to be amazing. Yeah. And might not even make sense by the time we get to the end. Perfect. Um, uh, I did think about what my favorite jam was. Mm -hmm. Um. So I, I'm a jam and cheese fan. I like jam and cheese sandwiches. Yeah. Um, which I would go apricot. Yep. I like an apricot it's and cheese. One. Yes. But if I was uh, breakfasting, I would not go apricot. I'd be a plum jam. Oh, mm. plum is a good jam. It is a good jam. My dad used to make plum jam, but the, the plum trees on, our, on our, his property are now gone. Which because is, you anchored the house too close to them. Yeah, um, <laughs> possibly. Uh, I'm a strawberry jam. Have you ever read that Margaret Mayhew children's book about the great? About, I think it's actually just called Jam. Is it the one about the giant jam sandwich? No, or is it that you would be surprised is called the giant jam sandwich. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, oh no, it's the one where the dad stays at home with the kids because yes. their mums are cool scientists. So yes. straight off, awesome. That is, that's my parents. Um, uh, and one day he notices that the plum tree is dropping plums and he's like, we shan't waste these. So he starts to make jam. And I think there's like, there's like three older kids and a baby mm-hmm. and he starts making jam, but the plums keep coming and he makes jam and he makes jam and all the jam jars are full and he yeah. fills the teapot full of jam and then all the vessels and then um, the baby wants to use its potty, but it's full of jam. And then they all start, jam eating. In the potty. no, that's just bad management. And then um, uh, they all start getting really, they have to eat jam all the time and they all start getting really fat to look like jam jars. And then it starts to haunt the children's dreams. Like they just dream oh, of jam, right. uh, jam, jam, jam. And then they finally 
eat all the jam and they're like oh thank god that jam nightmare is over and then the father notices that a whole year's gone by and the plums are ripe again oh and you're like the nightmare begins again yeah it's like the end of a sleep well kids (laughs) yeah here come the jam it's a really nice book it's a great book i love books based on jam you want to say Penny no, Robin no, Robin Robin is I think slipping into the beanbag. she really is every cups. wiggle takes her deeper and deeper her, part of her legs has already disappeared we'll, we'll pay attention don't worry Robin it kind of looks like a giant pea it's a bit of an Anne Giddies situation oh my god let's where is Anne Giddies now make a calendar I heard she lost her mind and I don't know if that's an urban myth which I hope it is like I can just imagine her in a psych ward just going sunflowers flower pots sunflowers bring me babies 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 <laughs> Uh, and I never quite realized how huge she was in America. Oh, like yeah. she's massively yeah. famous in America. As a kid, I had an Anne Gettys poster on my wall of a baby that I didn't know. Like, is that not weird? <laughs> yeah, you're it's, like, this is just someone's baby. A baby covered in rose petals. Yeah. And if, it, actually, it was a little bit like American Beauty, but with a chubby baby, which is weird. <laughs> I think I know exactly which picture you're talking about. Yeah. And also, I think I had a similar, I think I had an Anne Gettys picture on my wall. I think it might have been the one where it was the baby with like a, a like a bonnet that was like a flower. Yeah, they yeah. Was it like tucked into a tulip or something? Maybe or yeah. one of those ones where it's like a really tiny baby and, and a giant pair of hands. Ooh. Yeah, it's a bit weird. It's a weird thing, but I feel like those pictures are more for like parents. You know, like like parents of that baby. Yeah, the parents of that child. That's who that photo is for. Or the family. People spend. I think my multi-million idea dollar idea has to be something to do with parenting because yeah. mums will pay for anything. <laughs> you know, if you like setting up a studio where it looks like they're Jack from the Titanic. You know, just like some random thing. If it becomes the thing that you have to have, yeah. Um, mums will do it. Yeah, there's this thing called the Lula doll, which comes from Sweden. Yeah. And it's basically a rag doll that plays a heartbeat sound. And it's supposed to help your baby get to sleep because yeah. the baby's like, oh, thank God somebody's here with me. Whereas I'd be like, there's someone in the room. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, there's like a wait list to get them imported into New Zealand because people, especially with anything to do with getting your baby to go to sleep because you're yes. so desperate, yes. uh, people will pay money for. Uh-huh. So... People are like, did you get a Lala doll? Oh my God. Black market Lala dolls. I've seen like a, I guess a, a similar, was it? Yeah. Toots. Oh, I hope that got picked up. I hope so too. Some I'll be able to tell later. Studio <laughs> Toots. She got her farts out. She looks it's, much happier. It's quite visible when they're like, they're like writhing around going, my, my butt hurts. And then, oh, so much better. <laughs> That's oh, how okay. I feel. I can rest in peace now. Mm. Good night. And right now she's contemplating existence. She's like, when are you going to get to me? So, Robin, so Robin, big part of your life, boobs, what's your jam? <laughs> Left one, right one. Uh, mostly just pooping myself and uh, hitting myself in the face. Oh, yeah. cool. All right. Good stuff, Robin. Uh, I'll get you on the show when you're a little bit older. We'll find out what's going on when you're a two-year-old. And, uh, yeah. What's what's Penny's jam at the moment? Uh, it could Probably dancing. Dancing, yeah. yes. Her right. favorite move is to put her hands on the ground and, like, shake her butt. Like, <laughs> it's very um, mu- music video. That's great. Yeah. Uh, all round and round. Just spinning. Just round and round. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Also a good one. Yep. Um, or cheese. Yeah. Cheese is the other jam. Yeah. 
Cheese is my jam. Cheese is my jam. Yeah. And she also likes just hunks of butter, right? Oh my god, yeah. We every time we do baking, I just have to like hide it. No. Because she just like puts her hand in the butter dish and like eats it. It actually makes me feel a bit sick just thinking about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like it's nice to have a nice thick layer of butter on like a really nice fresh bread, but that's different to. Yeah, there's definitely a time where the bread is a vehicle to get the butter into my mouth, yes. but I still don't want to eat the butter by itself. Yeah. No, that's no. Yeah. Sorry, Penny. Your two-year-old tastes are weird. When I did, like, home ec at school, mm-hmm. um, no one ever wanted to go with Kevin McNally because he always used to eat the butter. And Miss Hale, who was out, or Mrs. Hale, actually, she would, um, well, Miss, Miss, that's why I think she's Miss Hale, mm-hmm. um, uh, wouldn't give us any more. And so, so if you, he d- would eat you, it, you, you didn't would... want to go with Kevin because you'd be like, Kevin ate the butter. And she's like, well, that's all you're getting. And you're like, but I didn't eat the butter. But these scones are just going to be flour. <laughs> <laughs> This isn't gonna work. Uh, damn you, Kevin. Oh man. Oh gosh. Well, uh, uh, Robin's in a in a delightful ensemble with a with a B on it. She is. She is. Another hand me down. Do you do you have many um? Do you have sibling outfits for them yet? Not yet. Did no. you have that with your sisters? Not that I remember. I feel like there were a couple of items where like, like maybe like grandma gave all three of us similar dresses. Yes. Um, but I don't recall my parents actually consciously dressing us. It's definitely something mm-hmm. that I would do. It is. Because I love color coordination. Yes. Uh, sometimes when I, before Robin came along, because I've got a two-year-old. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Penny. Yes, we would accidentally do mother-daughter, like, she'd be wearing like a red t-shirt and I'd be wearing like a red stripy t-shirt. You know, that's yeah. it. but that was, was just... accidental? Yes. Yeah. So because I... Um, uh, well, I guess to say what's my jam, the reason why Jen asked me is because we were going to do, um, I'm just talking like we're on the radio now. Uh, all those <laughs> listeners out there are probably wondering why I'm here. Um, uh, it's because I do costuming. I'm a trained costumer and do lots of costuming. And so I like working with a color palette. Like that's one of my favorite things to do with, when there's a show that has like a really strong color palette. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when I did Moose Murders at oh. um, Bats, and what was the was, palette? Was it, well, it was like it was like yeah, it was like orange and gold and brown. Yes. Yeah, it was so fun. Um, and and so, so my mind just does that. Mm-hmm. Just and I'll be like, oh, she's wearing yellow gum boots. Well, I'll put a yellow hat, hat with a yellow bubble. Yes, Papa. So it's a link. Yes, it's a through line. I know, a but it's line. terrible because I'm always just trying to find stuff. Lean in for a photo. Just in a selfie while the baby's making faces. Um, uh, and I think I spend ten minutes trying to find a particular hat, and now we're late. And you're like, who? No one cares. I care, but this is not necessary right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, before I had Robin, one of the other jobs I was doing on Saturdays was working at a bridal shop in Flushing, Queens. Um, <laughs> I wish that was true. Uh, working at a bridal shop up in Calvin, which I really, really liked, and. Quite often when the bride was in the changing room getting dressed, mm-hmm. um, bridesmaids would chat to me about what they were going to wear. Oh. And in my head I was always like, nobody cares because it's not about you. <laughs> and just like, oh, what shoes do you think we should wear? Yeah. just like, whatever you want. What it, no one cares. Does yeah. it even matter if they're not the same? And my pet peeve about bridesmaids always dressing the same. Because yeah. I'm like, you don't choose your friends because they're identical. So why on your wedding day yes. do you try and make them look all the same? 
That's very good. Um, it has, you know, it has great traditions in mm. the, we're going to trick the devil into not taking the bride. Ah, mm. you won't know which one's which. Yes. Sucks to be you, devil. Um, <laughs> but You're that, bad at women. I feel like that is less relevant now. Uh, because, I so. I well, you know, got he's, he's got a lot to do in America. Yeah. So <laughs> he's not worrying about Kiwi brides. Uh, my sister's getting married soon and we're going for, yeah, colour palette and yes. all picking our own dresses. Well, it was like your wedding, nice. but you weren't wearing the same colour. There no. was that nice and, yeah. That was nice. I so liked that. I should have thought about that before I went on my rant about that because you were, yes, I know, but what if you'd done the opposite <laughs> and I you're like, I made my friends all have severe side partings and wear pink taffeta and then I would have been like, oh, but oh, yeah. yours was different. I think they yours did was great. Yeah. But that was partly because I literally went went to the hairdresser and they went, we're going to do this. And I went, cool. Yeah, exactly. Like, sure, yeah. do a thing. Yeah, which is similar to what Heather's been doing with the uh, with the bridesmaids thing. It's just basically women like, yeah, I like these colours. And we go, how's this? And she's like, yeah, it's great. But all your bridesmaids cool. still look like themselves. Exactly. It wasn't like you had some, which is often the way, mm-hmm. plus-size friend who was also wearing oh. a strapless Super short dress. And you're like, this is cruel. Yeah. Like, if she, unless she's like, this is great. Exactly. If then, she's going to own it. Yeah. Uh, but if you, you get a lot of like visibly uncomfortable friend. I don't want that. No. Uh, we saw you smiling, Robin. That might have been a fart smile, though. What? Oh, this is the perfect medium for baby smiling. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone listening is just like, yeah, yeah okay. okay. Yeah, yep, good. So, so you're not so much into the color coordination of babies, but much more into the color coordination of costumes. Yes, yes. And are you? I'm, I'm assuming you're taking a break at the moment because tiny humans. Sort of. I've already got a job lined up for end of April, working mm. on a short film. Awesome. Um, so there's that. So we're going to have to juggle somehow. Robin being around. Yeah. Uh, but. Um, we did do that with Penny. Like we would yeah. take her to rehearsals and stash her in the corner and take her to um, costume cave. And she slept on a pile of vintage furs in the corner. So good. Yeah, it's this perfect setup for her to become like a famous movie star. And she'll be like, "My mother would leave me to sleep in vintage oh, furs." Yeah, <laughs> you should probably be an accountant and be like, "I'm allergic to fur and I love numbers." Yeah. Because that's how you rebel against two parents who are in the arts. The arts are in non-financial. Well, the arts are not sustainable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, yeah, I, I now uh, I just uh, have a dry desk job. <laughs> you hear that, Robin? We need you to rebel, like, in a different way. Yeah, but in a profitable way. Yeah, rebel profitably, please. You could be a sports star. That'd be great. But just don't get snapped buying cocaine, which is in the news today. Whoops. Anyway, I'm off topic. We're doing really well. It's really easy to do that. Uh, She's a tiny human. It's yes. adorable. So, cost you, so you studied at Toy, which is a two-year program. Yes. And I still have photos on my phone from your graduation because your outfit was amazing. Yes, it was. Every so often, like, my time hop goes, remember this? And I'm like, yeah. And I dyed my hair to match my dress. Oh, so good. Good times. So good. But like, were you into costumey things before you went, I know, I'm going to study this? Yes, I always, I always enjoy it. Like as a kid, yeah. like dress ups were like the greatest thing. And my mum has these amazing videos of me like doing avant garde fashion shoot, like avant garde, uh, like on the catwalk. And there's two different ones. Ones where I'm the model mm-hmm. and strutting my stuff, 
but also ones where I'm the person at the side who's like, Anna is wearing a chic ensemble of a red felt hat coupled with a piece of newspaper fashioned into a skirt. And they're, they're, they're amazing. And I, I feel so sorry for my parents that they had to sit through many a like 70 minute fashion show oh, that, that we would do like two outfits and then my sister and I would go like and change outfits by going wait 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 and then we'd come out and there'd be another outfit and then we'd go and change again it wasn't like a seamless production two, two yeah models. exactly and dad's you know supposed to be on the farm and mum's got a million <laughs> jobs to do around you know as a farmer's wife but they did the parenting thing yeah Dad built us a um, like a pull up and down curtain in the garage, so we could like. Oh my god! Yeah. Dad's who can make stuff. Your dad is yeah. very very sweet. He's awesome, Captain Dad. Captain Dad. Oh, Robin, you're disappearing into the beanbag. I might have to retrieve you. All right. Uh, yes. So I did a lot of um, dressing up. <laughs> and oh, also in our dress up box, my grandmother had a real penchant for glittery 60s and 70s um, evening dresses. Yes. And she'd basically like wear them a couple of times to fancy do's at the yacht club and then donate them to us. So oh. our dress-up box was full of what was actually kind of amazing vintage stuff. Oh, good. Has it all gone now and you're just yeah. like, Oh, we it. just tore it to pieces, oh. you know, especially that well, like 60s glittery fabric that like, it's actually kind of made of tinsel oh, and yeah, it yeah, kind yeah. of frays and then yeah. it explodes everywhere. Oh, you're much happier there. Good. Uh, and also as a child, I was obsessed with colonial New Zealand. So I, <laughs> I used to read those Little House on the Prairie books, mm-hmm. obviously not colonial New Zealand, mm-hmm. but um, same thing like wagons and mm-hmm. wagons and bears and boiling maple syrup and churning butter and all those things. Boiling maple syrup? Yes. Okay. Is it the boil it and then That's pour it on how the... you do it. Oh. <laughs> when they go and have it, you know, make a little tap out the maple tree and then they boil it in a big, I, I, yeah. That's just part of it. I'll get it for you. Yeah. yeah. Great. Uh, I don't even know which one that's in. Um, and then I became obsessed with colonial New Zealand because it was like my in to that kind of mm-hmm. life. And I would dress like that all, like all the time. How old were you? I'd say between like the ages of seven and ten. Like, Did you like go to school wearing these outfits, or was I it just... don't know. Probably, I would say probably not. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think that I was cool enough to just own that, but <laughs> this was a tiny school in rural New Zealand. They'd probably yeah. just they'd be like beat nah, the shit out of me. Don't change. Nah. Don't be different. Yeah, don't be different. Um, and so I had like a white penny and, and lots of stuff was really like cobbled together. Like it was like a real crappy version. Like my mum had a tie dye skirt. So it'd be my tie dye skirt with my penny over top and pretend yeah. that I was, oh, yeah, exactly. But I would have baths in the wheelbarrow cause it was the thing that was shaped like a hip bath, you know, like it was the closest I could get. <laughs> so I'd like park it behind a bush in the garden and yeah. have a bath in it filled with stuff from the hose. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I was really making do, which I think is a big part of what I do because quite often, as we were saying, joking about the arts having no funding, yeah. you when you when I've got a job on like a production, and especially if it's like a theatre production, there's never any money. Like no. it's usually you have to produce a lot for a little. Yeah. So if you can um, reuse stuff, fashion something from uh-huh. something else. Yes. Um, which is unfortunately really speaks to my hoarding tendencies is I never throw anything out because I'll be like, oh, I'll use this again. What if I need it? Yeah. I was at the tip shop the other day and I oh, no. found a fencing foil, 
you know, yes. and like like a rapier, and I and I pounced on it, and I and I said very loudly, "This is amazing!" And the staff were all laughing because they'd obviously just been like, "Who's gonna bloody want that?" No one. And <laughs> and I bought it and brought it home, and my husband like always is like. What are we going to do with that? I'm like, oh, it's going to be one day. So I'll be like, oh, you need that? It's right here. Of course I've got it. Because my house is full of stuff. Yeah, so it's about repurposing things. And I think that kind of DIY, kind of making the most of what you've got. Use your imagination. It's definitely, it was very valuable. Yeah. It was my dream to have some button boots. What are button boots? You know, just the old style Victorian boots that you'd have oh, to have a button hook right. to put do them up. Yes, yes, yes. I think when I was about nine, we came to Wellington on a trip, and Mum, as a treat, took me to Colonial Cottage on Nan Street. Yes. And um, and I remember every bit of that like tour that that old man gave us, like mm-hmm. just that it was amazing. And and sometimes when I think about my, I live in a little house in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And we've got our two girls and all the stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think, oh, this house is too small. Like, it's it's so little. Mm-hmm. And I, then I think, if I was a New Zealand settler, I'd have this maybe less floor space, 12 children, <laughs> and that would be luxurious. Yeah. I've, I wouldn't have any stuff, though. Maybe, like, a table yeah. Yeah. or a pot yeah. to gather around and stare at for entertainment. Come on, guys, it's pot night. Everyone touch the pot. Ooh. <laughs> Jacob, no. <laughs> you were naughty, Jacob. No pot for you. <laughs> oh, it's the worst. So, yeah. so you have to be like, okay, no, it's okay. I can deal with this. Yes. If, if, if they could deal with it 150 years ago. Exactly. <laughs> just, well, it's more, more modern, just yeah. to paraphrase, like, suck it up, Jim. Yeah. You've got running water. Oh, yeah. It's always someone who's got it worse. Exactly. Yeah. Then there's always someone who's, who's got it better. I don't even know what that means. But it's that thing of like, if you if you spend all your time going like, oh, but someone else is it worse than me. I, I'm not allowed to complain. Then no one is allowed to complain until the very bottom person is like, what the hell was that, Joe? From the sounds of it, your husband just exploded in the next room. You okay, Joe? Yeah. <laughs> He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. Just blew up. It's yeah. amazing. And Robin looks delighted now. Just, just, just lounging. This is great. She quite likes to just sit like that. I'm, I'm debating how I'm making it. It's like, like having a ventriloquist dummy. Oh, oh, hello. Ah, funny joke, Jen. <laughs> no. Okay, now we're just, we're full out just playing with the baby now. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it sorry. is very hard. It's like if yeah. there's a TV on in the room, I always yes. find like I, my eyes drift to it. Because you're like, what is that? And it's the same with the baby. I was at my cousin's house the other day and the TV was on and it was playing that movie with Ben Stiller where he gets married to someone too quickly and then they go on a honeymoon. That is one of the most god-awful movies it in the world. It is fucking terrible. It's a Farrelly Brothers, so it's like super gross-out comedy. Well, like, they have, like, it's like, oh, no, they, they're a mismatch. But then they're having, like, terrible sex. And, like, that's part of the movie. And we're sitting around with, like... What a fun premise. <laughs> we're all just sitting around, like, my cousin, my sister and I, my cousin's wife and their baby. And then, like, out of the corner of my eye, I'm like, this, what's, what is happening? Oh, this is very terrifying sex. Don't look. Don't look at it. So, Nana, how was life? <laughs> yeah. I'm glad Heath's not old enough to... But that movie is it. surprisingly gross. Like, you're like... Like, the end of it's apparently got something about having sex with a donkey. Well, yes. 
Like what? quite a lot of those Fairly Brothers movies are like that. There's a bit where oh, wow. <laughs> there's a bit, I don't know why we're getting into this because it's a terrible right. movie. There's a bit where he gets stung by a jellyfish because they're on like their honeymoon, oh, and yeah. she's like, "I'll pee on you," and then like it it shows like her full on like pubic hair, go, and he's like, "Whoa, it's enormous! She's got an enormous bush," <laughs> and you know that's that's like a, a full on joke. And you're like, "This is not funny. This no. is no." It's yeah. just get yeah. better at funniness, everybody. <laughs> get, get get more funny. Be better. Yeah, be, and then every time I watch a movie like that, I'm like, that money could have gone on something else. Yes. You could have made another series of my favorite TV show. That's I try to keep fun. it. I try to keep it in the entertainment industry because oh, yeah. there's no point going. That could have fed, you know, all those hungry yes. babies because that funding was never going to go to hungry no, babies. No, no one was going to give that yeah. money elsewhere. No one. No one. <laughs> we finally watched La La Land last night. Oh, was that how? Was, what? How were the costumes? Yeah, uh, yeah. See, that is a because it's one of those one, movies that's like um, nice work bringing it back Thank to you. costuming. Thank you. Smooth. Smooth. Um, uh, it's one of those movies where the color is hypersaturated. Oh, right. Did you ever watch the TV series Pushing Daisies? Yeah, briefly. It was the one where he can touch people and bring them back to life. So that and he w- accidentally touches the lady. and He touches the girl he likes. He goes to her funeral, but then he doesn't want to dead her again. Because yes. if he touches them again, they go dead. Yes. Um, it's science. It's just yeah. basic basic science. Completely. Anyway, the palette of that, the costuming in that TV show was amazing. Mm-hmm. See, they could have made another series of that and they just never did. They could have made more carnival. Um, they could have made so many things. Uh, firefly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the hypersaturation. Yes, the which is always re- yeah. So they, there's bits where I guess because it is a musical, mm-hmm. it is that kind of old style where yeah. um, the three girls are going out and they're each wearing a primary color, mm-hmm. and so it's like so pleasing yeah. because it's and they are pushing the fact that it's not natural. Like yeah. if you're going to break out into song, then you may as well it's- just be like, hey, you don't have to wear. Nomcore clothing. No. Yeah. We're, not, we're not hipsters here. No. Are you a hipster, Robin? You do have a massive beard <laughs> for a little girl. That's why everyone says you look like your dad. We do have one of those knitted hats with the knitted beard attached. Oh, good. Makes babies look like garden gnomes. Yeah. Therefore, excellent. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. You okay? You were thinking about going my, to sleep? My mum has a whole book of knitted costumes for babies. <gasps> really? So good. Tell she's me made, more. There's, she's made a. She's made a little. It's like a little sleep sack that's like Robin Hood. So it's a little <gasps> Robin point. Yes. Oh, Robin. She Robin. Um, but yeah, and there's like a little knitted red sack, and then there's like um, gloves and booties and a hat that are like monster hands. <gasps> so like monster hands, monster feet, and like monster ears, and. It's glorious. Yes. She just has the book sitting there and I'm Could like... Could she do one of those knitted mermaid tails? I have asked her about that. I sent her a picture one and I was like, what do you think of this? And she was basically like, I'd need a passion. Yeah, exactly. Like she can't... She's not the... She's not a knitter who just makes stuff up. I don't think knitting is a freestyle occupation. I think you, you can, can write your own patterns. Yeah, you can yeah. write your own patterns, but I don't think she does that. She just finds patterns she likes and then knits a million things. You can buy knitting patterns off Etsy. Yes. Oh, that's a good idea. Mm. Um, but uh, no, she's she's got those there. She's made some costumes. She's got some drawers full of amazing, uh, amazing baby outfits, which is great. It's very convenient for when my friends have babies. And I'm like, Mom, can I have a hat? 
Yeah. Some booties. Yeah. Actually, today I received from your mum an amazing cardigan. So good. She's the best. Yeah. Mums are the best. She's going to be delighted that you got it because I told her today, I was like, I want to see Jim today and give her the cardigan. She was like, good. And we should take a picture of me being excited. Yes, that'll be great. And then we can send it to mum and she'll be delighted. Won't she? Yes, she will. Uh, (laughs) Back to costumes. Oh, yeah. Um, what's your favorite kind of, what's, what's, what's your preferred working project? Like, is it doing a film? Is it doing like a really great stage show? I think I prefer for, well, for different reasons. Hmm. Um, I prefer a, uh, theater production because you mm-hmm. have time to like map things out and plan them. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, you can work with problems as they come up. Whereas mm-hmm. with like TV commercials, because there's so many steps between the brief that you have and the actual filming. Mm-hmm. So it goes through the, you know, you might be working with a team of people and then you've got the, the actual director and then the you've got the, you do sometimes do work with what the actor wants as well because they might be like, this just, I'm just not this. feeling feeling it. Other, sometimes when the actor's like, please don't put me in this, I'm like, oh, suck it up. It's awesome. So yeah. you are going to wear this. Um, <laughs> other times... They'd be like, well, I have to leap off this rock. So this um, super tight pencil skirt's not going to work. And you're like, well, okay, I can work with that. I like having parameters and stuff like that. Um, But then also with TV commercials, quite often you have like six people from the ad agency who just stand around and watch the filming who at any time are like, that jacket, I'm not feeling it. And so you have to have like four different options that you can just whip out at any moment. Mm -hmm. Like, you might turn up to a location and you've got this awesome, like, green jersey that you're like, this is perfect. And then, oh, he's standing against a green wall. Oh. Uh, crap it. So you've got to have, like, other options yeah. so you can slot them in. Wow. that's Yeah. You don't think about that for... Yeah. If, yeah. If you, if and it's all very immediate. Yeah. Especially when filming stuff, um, it's so expensive to have everything set up and have mm-hmm. all those people. And then you've got to move location, especially with ads, because quite often they're, oh, you know, they're at several different places. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everything has to be very go, 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 yeah. because the longer you take, the longer that you're there. And the and more it, it costs. Yeah, and then it's like 5 a.m. in the morning and you're still trying to pretend it's early, you know, afternoon. You're just... Oh, God. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Do you get work like that frequently? Like, how much does that come out in Wellington? It depends. It's like anything, if you're in the loop, mm-hmm. then you get a bit of it mm-hmm. but uh as soon as as soon as i had penny mm-hmm. i sort of dropped off the radar right. so there's been less of it you know it's yeah. kind of like the more you do them and like anything if yeah. um you get more work if you're nice to work with mm-hmm. and i'm amazing so charming what's that so humble so why, charming. um <laughs> america's so humble i'm like the most hashtag blessed um i'm the <laughs> Uh, I'm the I'm still uh, that's why people like making stuff in New Zealand is because uh, Kiwis uh, we just throw ourselves in and do it if someone's like can you move that cord and I'll be like oh just pull it out of the way whereas um, I did some work experience in the States and if you I was working for a ballet company I wasn't even allowed to walk like behind the stage because that was the territory of somebody else and I was allowed to repair costumes, but there was a whole team of people there to dress the, the dancers. And even if a dancer was like, 
hey, can you zip me up? If I got caught doing that, there'd be somebody who'd be really mad at me because they there's like a whole union system that you wait yeah. to get to the top of the list to get work. Mm-hmm. You have to be part of the union for a certain amount of years and you'll get... So those people have been waiting for work and if you take their little job, yeah, then they get real pissy. Even just by zipping a zip because that's yeah. their niche. Is it? Yeah. I shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't even... They shouldn't even be asking you. Yeah. It's, it's real weird. I did have one Kiwi who was that sort of attitude when I was um, working on a show a few years ago. I was just looking for some flyers and I was getting really freaking like hectic and trying to work out where the heck these things were. And I was stage manager and the producer. And I just walked into the dressing room and said, has anybody seen a box of flyers? And someone replied with like, it's not our job to know where the props are. <laughs> it's just like... Great. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's the same. I'm clearly having a problem. The like, same just level help. of helpfulness is if you say on Facebook, "Has anyone got a trailer I can borrow?" And someone in London's like, "I do, but I'm in Birmingham." You know, like, and you're like, "Thank you." Or can the we... person that says, "Not me." Yeah. No, don't. Sorry. No. Don't even know what a trailer is. Yeah. What? What is a trailer? Yeah. Or like usually, but not today. And you're like. Don't answer then. Excellent. I'll rush. Oh, <laughs> notification. Someone's got a trailer. Uh, no. No, no, no. How helpful. Thank How you. Helpful. Yeah, you spent like a bunch of time in Portland for that. Because you, you started with the ballet company and then you moved to a different project, right? Yes. That was that whole mess. So six months out from going to Portland, I started fundraising. Are you doing that because I'm not looking at no, you? No, that's me doing it because <laughs> I make like little noises with my mouth and I try to not... All right. right is yeah. it because you're moaning? Because the story is so good. Mm. You're like, mm, good story. Mm, <sighs> tell me more about that. Six so, months out. Six months out. So for my diploma in costume, from when I went to the New Zealand Drama School, mm-hmm. I needed a certain amount of uh, work experience hours. I decided I wanted to do it all in one block mm-hmm. um, just to sort of get as much as I could, and I was going to do it over the summer break. Mm-hmm. But because in New Zealand it's summertime, nothing happens during that time. It's either sport or concerts, but not big theatre productions, which mm-hmm. tend to come in the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, well, I'll go where it's winter. And uh, the Pacific Northwest of America was like the best place to go in terms of easy to get to uh, mm-hmm. rather than going to the UK. Mm-hmm. So um, I could go to like San Fran or, mm-hmm. yeah. I, there was actually somewhere that said that they would take me that was, I think it was like Minneapolis, but mm-hmm. they get like three meter deep snow. And that was like a whole nother thing that I'd have to get prepared for. Oh my God. Like I'd have to have like proper snow boots and no, stuff like that. Thank you. So Portland, firstly, hilarious. Um, it is exactly like Portlandia. Um, <laughs> There's a bird on everything. There is a bird on everything. And uh, I remember I got, like on the second day I was there, I had like an organic roast coconut chai latte or like mac, you know, like maca powder sprinkle. Yeah. I was like, this is so bullshit, but delicious. <laughs> Put it in me. <coughs> but it doesn't really snow there. It just kind of rains constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I got in touch with the um, uh, Oregon Ballet Theatre and they said, oh, we'd, you know, we'd love to have you. Don't really take interns, but you know, why don't you just come and it'll be good and we'll, we'll use you in the workroom. And, um, so I did all this fundraising, like mm-hmm. so much fundraising to get over there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I arrived and I turned up on the day at the theater and I went to reception and I was like, can I please speak to Toby who I'd been in touch with? And she said, Oh, Toby's not, she's not in yet. Like I would arrange to meet at eight o'clock on that morning. Um, 
So I sat there for like an hour and a half. And then Toby came in and she's like, and she was another woman who had a super monotone voice. Um, and she was like, oh, I forgot you were coming. Like, and so this is like the this is excuse the, me this is the climax of me like getting so organized i pretty much like sold half my belongings to fund yeah. it and so traveled across the world and forgot about you oh, and i was like oh i yes i can understand that it wasn't as much effort on your part but i'm here now yeah. and um so secondly, I turned up and they'd already taken another intern, a Spanish girl who was like super sweet, but had hardly any English. Mm. And we also, one day we sat down at lunch, we didn't have much to talk about. And we ended up just talking about our favorite types of bread. And then we bonded. Like we were just like, <laughs> oh, bread, isn't bread the greatest? Oh, my favorite bread is this kind of bread. Anyway, this is a really cute Spanish girl. Um, so suddenly, not only was I unexpected, but there was only half the amount of work for me to do because there was already someone there doing all those little sewing jobs. And mm-hmm. and we, as an intern, like anything, you get all the shit jobs. So yeah. we were doing the Nutcracker, which every ballet company in America does mm-hmm. um, at Christmas. I didn't realize what a huge tradition it is mm-hmm. to, for everyone to do the Nutcracker. So we were like in this hot, stuffy basement sewing massive fairy mouse costumes and it was really hot and unpleasant but it was really Mm -hmm. like you were there to do the work Mm -hmm. but I'd only been there like three days and suddenly the whole ballet company was in uproar the creative director had quit out of the blue because they'd tried to cut his funding again and he's like I just can't I can't produce what I want to produce for less money. Mm-hmm. And everyone thought they were going to lose their jobs and everyone thought that the whole ballet company was going to shut down. There were people crying in the corridor. Several women from the workroom like took all their stuff home because they're like, we'll get, we're going to get locked out tomorrow. The company's been crap. We're going to get locked out. And so suddenly, us poor little interns were the least of their concern. They were just like, please, just we just need you to go. We've got so much going on here. We yeah. can't, you know, they weren't even sure if that production was going to go ahead. Part of what I'd gone to work to go to them was um, to work on the next production. Right. So they were like, we don't know. Yeah, so we were gonna they were gonna stage the Nutcracker and then they were gonna start Swan Lake and mm-hmm. um, and I was there to work on that. But then they're like, well, that might not go ahead because there'll be no one here. Blah blah blah. And so I travelled all that way. I'd been forgotten about, and suddenly. I didn't have any more work and I couldn't just have a holiday because people had given me money to go and do this yeah. work experience. Um, so I sort of scrabbled around and someone gave me an email address of a local um, costume designer and I contacted her and she's like, this is amazing timing. I'm just starting a production. I've just shown the pictures to the director. So she hadn't even bought any fabric or anything yet. And so her name was Sarah Gahagan and she'd won quite a lot of local awards um, for costume design and set design and she was like my savior she was amazing I was the only one I ended up doing so much stuff from uh you know fabric samples dyeing so much more than I would have done at the ballet company also I'd only just started at the ballet company and I suddenly realized that it was gonna it it almost like wasn't for me like all the dancers are the same size so it's not like a ballet school where people are training because it's a ballet company those people have been hired and often for the chorus because they are the same measurements Mm. so the girls are like pretty much all the same height they're all like small busted and particular dimensions so there wasn't very much variety and Sarah's production which was called The Lost Child or The Lost Boy um no The Lost Child uh 
was set in a Victorian circus. <gasps> um, it oh was set in, in like sort of 1860s Philadelphia. It was yeah. about the first media circus, not to reuse that word, but about a kidnapping case. It's the first oh, time they okay. used the media, or the, it was like media hype. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this young boy of a supposedly wealthy Philadelphia family, who turns out to be not wealthy, mm-hmm. um, is kidnapped. And it's based on a true story. Mm-hmm. And the circus element comes because P.T. Barnum at the time oh. uh, got really on board the case and he used the story in his circus and not because he was really concerned about the boy, but more getting on the bandwagon. Right. So he'd be like, this is the tale of the boy that has never been found. <laughs> and so there was like a really, the guy playing P.T. Bannon was a really enormous man. Mm-hmm. And then w- there was a girl who had a form of dwarfism. She was one of the tumblers. So she was super, super, super tiny. We were making like a tiny, tiny corset fringed outfit for her. Oh, so and there were jugglers. And then there was like these two derelict guys who did the, um, the kidnappers mm-hmm. and, um, it was just so varied and amazing that yeah, I, it was it was so worth going. So much I don't know if you can tell from what I've just ranted at you, but this is my jam. Yeah, it yeah. really is. Yeah. Making different stuff. Yeah, I got to make bustles and corsetry yeah. and all kinds of stuff. And it was just really valuable watching Sarah, who had a young son, um, Tristan, and uh, she had her workshop set up in her house mm-hmm. and um, her relationships with local designers. And I got to go to meetings that she had, you know, with directors and stage managers. I got to see the whole process through. I even stayed longer so I could be there for opening night. Mm. And, um, yeah, I couldn't have asked for a better placement. Mm. And at the end, like Sarah and I, got on so well at the end I was sleeping in the in the workroom closet um <laughs> and this is America so the closet is like as big as a room in my house yeah. uh but I was like staying at her house and because we came down to the deadline I would like sew all day and then go to sleep on the floor and then get up in the morning oh have a shower and then start working again um that's what you just do if you're a small team and yeah yeah it was it was so good and I did really fall in love with Portland as much as I would never want to live in America and Portland is a very liberal city so it's not a very good I mean America's huge but it's not an insight into what parts of America are like it's it's kind of like you know how every country in the world has a Wellington yeah there's Melbourne and Mm -hmm. yeah there's there's Portland Portland is the Wellington definitely yeah yeah um and it only seems that the other day I was there, but now I have two children. You have children and a husband and a house. Well, yeah, I do didn't have, have a husband at that point. Do you have this, because you've got that big room out back, is that your studio? Yes, yeah, so I have a studio at home. Mm. Um, uh, industrial sewing machines take up a lot of oh, space. So good. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I've got my fabric and a cutting table and stuff like that. Mm. And um, I think that's the downside of New Zealand, though, is that there's not enough work for that to be my full-time job, is, like, yeah. working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, that's why I ended up sort of cobbling together, because you want to balance being able to do the creative projects that you want, but also not starving to death. Yes, paying the freaking bills. Yeah. So that means you do sort of, like, I guess, contract work for ads and for productions and and then the bridal store yes bridal store on Saturdays I really enjoyed working 
a retail job on a Saturday because everything else that I do is usually quite messy. Like it's not just sewing, it's gluing and um, glitter. glitter, bloody glitter. But also, you know, like leather work is quite smelly and all that kind of stuff. And so to go to the bridal shop and be able to work with these beautiful fabrics yes. and to say, like really nice women mm-hmm. and there's there's lots of scary brides out there mostly scary mums to be honest but um <laughs> it was so nice to go into this like clean environment where everything's yeah. so pretty and then and you have women again. come in who are just like going please make me beautiful and you're like here here very i'd love to yeah yeah oh, oh you want to spend seven thousand dollars cool great or you could just give it to me you just give it to me. Oh, you don't want to? You want a wedding dress? Oh, oh, all right. How about okay. I give you this $2,000 wedding dress, which is still crazy? Yeah. And you give me the other five grand. Yeah, I wondered when I worked there whether I was going to have a problem with selling things that I thought were too expensive. But Do when, you? No, not oh, at all. <laughs> Firstly, um, uh, it's their money. They've decided to do uh-huh. that. But secondly, the more you learn about how those dresses are constructed, because the dress... The shop that I worked in is a particularly fancy mm-hmm. shop. It's kind of where yes. people go when they're looking for something different. Yeah, Paper Swan. Paper Swan so, Bride. Yeah. Yes. And um, when you're handling it, when you're talking to designers and stuff like that, those people, you know, they deserve that money. Like mm. the designers, the work they do, the yeah. fabrics that are used, which are just so beautiful. They're so like, lovely. If you want a, like a six-meter train of like beautiful floaty silk, Mm-hmm. That costs a lot of money, so and much. then like beading, and it's all like hand beaded, yeah. and you say, like, okay, yeah. yeah. Especially when I do a lot of sewing, and people think that it should be cheaper. Like sewing your sewing things shouldn't cost as much, mm. but um, labor hours. If you if we actually added the labor hours to mm-hmm. clothing that we wear. Yeah, it would be those people are getting nothing. The yeah. people who are sewing those are, are getting yeah. nothing. The fast fashion industry oh, thing yeah. is terrible. Exactly. I, I, I'm, and I'm really bad at it because it's the whole thing of going like, oh, this is a really cheap T-shirt. There's a reason it's really cheap because mm. someone is not getting paid. Children's clothes. Otherwise, I'm like, I, that, yeah, it's like a three dollar onesie that's but it's had like a zip inserted and all those yeah. things. It's not just like a square of fabric. No, it's it takes labour to make. Yeah. And that's, I guess that's really also why, like, you when, when people go like, oh, buy New Zealand made, and you're like, it's really expensive, but it's because everyone's getting paid yes. to make it. Yeah. And if I break, if I get have a, a job and I break it down into, like, the hours, it's like $4 an hour or something terrible you're like, for a job that I love doing. Yeah. So, you know. Oh, that's industry. what that's just what you do. Yeah. Yeah. And not many people, I guess, do have sewing skills at home anymore. Like no. I've got a sewing machine and I can operate it's it. It's a bit of a lost art. Yeah. I have people who bring me things, the buttons come off and they want me to sew it back on. Yeah. I, I'm not confident yeah. in sewing a button on, but I think that's just that, like, I'm just like, I don't trust my knot tying abilities. <laughs> I do it and I'm like, I'm not convinced yep. that that's going to hold. I just bought something from Etsy, which was like a little, uh, like a little lace bralette because I really wanted one and I saw it on Etsy and I was like, yep. oh, great. I'll give them my measurements. I'll get it. I got it. The very first time I tried to pop it on, at the back went pa-ching and like broke straight away oh, no. and i was like this took ages to arrive and i don't and then i was like i could sew it and oh. i did and i felt so clever but it was literally just like a needle and thread and loop 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 tie yeah and i was like huh hey loop 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 tie has been keeping close together for centuries exactly yeah exactly so i need to get more on that mending things or buying second hand and tweaking and 
Yeah, which I do a lot of. And I remember, like, well, as you also know, in my costuming, I have a lot of clothes. Yeah, they're great. I like like to be, you want the rest of my team? No. Um, I like to be bright. And um, and I've been trying to get rid of stuff so hard recently because it was taking over my house. Yeah. well, Penny's entire room used to be my wardrobe. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and now someone lives in there. You're like, like oh, that's Penny. where they live. Yeah. yeah. You ruined my life. Um, <laughs> so I often buy things and think, oh, if I shorten that or I'll take the sleeves off that. And my mum going, I would never buy something that I had to do something to. I'm like, yeah, but you're missing out on what could be amazing. Yeah. 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 And I, I guess as well, you have to have that eye of knowing that when you look at that piece of fabric, if I take remove X, Y, Z from it, this will be the final product. Yes. Because I, I guess because I don't have the experience, I don't trust my eye on that. Uh, right. And I've also had, when people have asked me to do things, said, oh, I just want the neckline to do this. You're like, it not gonna... can't. Yeah. Like it, you can't cut more fabric. Yeah. You know, you could sew another thing in. Yes. But you can't just raise the, you know. No. Unless they've made that dress explicitly with extra fabric in it. Yeah. You don't have I'm not a fabric. magician. No. No, that's not part of it. Oh, we're going to try the beanbag again, baby. Oh. Ooh, she's just so hot to hold. Yeah, I bet. Keep sleeping, baby. Don't wriggle. She's crossing her arms. Good girl. <laughs> she is disappearing from sight. Can you breathe? A little light suffocation <laughs> is character building. That's true. She'll be okay. We're paying attention. Don't worry, listeners. Yes. Everything's fine. She's right here. Are you working on anything at the moment? No, you've got a, you've got a thing, a yes, thing coming Yes, which, uh, like, this is going to sound super wanky, but I can't talk about it. It's not because, great. It's, it's not because it's, like, super secret. It's because it's just early stages and it's yeah. other people involved and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. But, I love that. You're like, sorry, I can't. It's, it's really great, but I can't talk about it. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's amazing. Uh, it's, I have to. I would be fined like five million dollars if I told you about it. Oh my god, amazing. That's a lie. I made that up. <laughs> Let us be impressed. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have? Any I'm other? going on the Bachelor. That's what it is. Oh my god. That would be amazing. But no. That'd be amazing. You'd be a really great contestant. Because I'm a bit crazy. A bit crazy and hilarious. <laughs> like you know how to fuck with them. Yeah, but The Bachelor is always like a bit simple, and I feel that you my, just run circles my around them. heavy uh, sarcasm would like what? I'd be like, she's really mean, and you're like, well, I am, but for a different reason to what you think. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm just looking for love, you know. Um, just, just yeah, I just for it. I just felt like we had an immediate connection um, when I gazed into your blank eyes. Yeah. So scary. So, so scary. scary. Yeah, I have actually never really watched it, but I fell just... down the married at first sight Australia rabbit hole. It's I watched I only watched two episodes though and then I was like, I actually can't do this. Yeah. Australia, this is terrible that you have a show about forcing or getting people married at first sight. And, and then they all think it's a great idea. And they're like, oh, I've never really found someone. This is my last resort. And you're, you're like, like, this is your last resort? Firstly, like, you're 26. It's yeah. not like your last resort. <laughs> and just, why would you think that was a good idea? Why would you think that was a recipe for success? I've never felt like I've met someone who I got along with after knowing them. So I just, I'll just marry some stranger. Someone random who's just as desperate as me. 
Yeah, and they're always they're, they're all talking about oh how I can't back out now. Oh, this is oh it's real. It's getting real. But they're not actually getting legally married. No, because you have to give four weeks notice. Yes, yeah. I know that because I went to secret wedding in Melbourne recently. Hmm. I went to Mary Lee's wedding. Oh yes, of course. Yeah. Um, she invited me and I was like, oh my God, I'm totally coming. Uh, but I couldn't tell anybody about it. And then yeah. I couldn't tell anybody afterwards because they were trying to wait till they'd told their families. So some friends of mine did that. They yeah. did the engagement party. Oh, surprise, it's a wedding. And there were a few people that were like, look, we just can't make it. And they were like, you have to come. It's actually a wedding, but don't tell anyone. <laughs> so there were always, it seems like there's always a few people that you have to kind of. Go, no, seriously, you have to go along. Yeah. No, I really, I really need you to be there. I, I want you to so know, so listeners, I'm making intense eye contact with Jen so while doing intense, this. So intense. Come to my party. Come to my party. It's not a normal party, but I can't say anymore. Just come to the party. It's like when Flight of the Concords performed it at uh, Friday Comedy. Oh, the worst kept secret in Wellington. Yeah, it was a weird, I didn't hear about it. I didn't know. Me and Jared Baker were standing outside going, why are there so many people here? This is very confusing. And then someone behind us said, aren't Flight of the Concords on tonight? And both of us were like... What? what? And he was president of the comedy group. <clears throat> yeah, the that's time. interesting because you guys are both part of the industry, and you'd think that, yeah. I think we both had a situation where everyone assumed someone had already told us. Yeah, I feel like I let you down by not telling you. It's, it was it was not fine, but also fine. <laughs> there were lots of people. I think Jared actually pulled a. Um, do you know who I am at the door? Yes. Like it was just like, because we, we got there just in time for them to say, cool, nobody else can come in. There's, it's a fire uh, hazard. Excuse me. I can shut this down because yeah. I'm the president of the Comedy Guild, which you can't, by the way. Like, you don't have that power. Yeah. I was just super disappointed that no one had told me. Everyone was like, we thought you knew. I'm sorry I didn't tell you about my winning as well. Just joking. Both you and Jared sang at my Yay! wedding. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. That was, that was a great the greatest wedding. moment. Do you know that my father-in-law constantly goes on about how he wished that he'd filmed it? Oh. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. It would have been awesome to have it. But at the same time, I, I didn't – no, I just, I just enjoyed it. I just yeah. enjoyed it happening. It was so good. Yeah. Um. So Jen and Jared sang at the wedding, and they also did like a little – it wasn't a flash mob, but like a surprise. People in the audience started singing. Audience? Is wedding of an audience? I know. I keep thinking of them as audience. People in the, in the guest crowd. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> My family and friends randomly started singing parts of the song, and it was it was, it was so good. And I can still remember my face going, what's happening? This is amazing. I feel like somebody did video on like a phone, and it may have been someone with my phone. Wow! And I don't know where it is or if that is a real well, thing. Well, I'm surprised that Mike McCarthy hasn't tracked you down Terminator style. If I find it, I will give it to you. She is disappearing into okay. the beanbag again. Baby's disappearing into the beanbag. We're we're hitting an hour, and I reckon I reckon that's a yeah, lot okay. of <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but uh, thanks so much for coming in, Robin. Uh, you've been very helpful. Make yes. some baby noises, little baby noises. <laughs> That was me. Is, just, they were doing my impression of Robin. That was really solid. But yeah. thanks for coming and talking to me, Jim. And I, I hope more costumes happen. Thank you. Yeah. That's my jam. That was episode 17 with Jim Stanton. Costumeer, mother, hilarious woman. Uh, generally pretty great human being. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. We've got four more episodes until the end of this 
uh, Fringe Project Run. If you would like to give a koha, please remember to head over to Patreon. If uh, you missed yesterday's interview, because yesterday I was doing my big crazy Deep Space Nine-Eye thing and I didn't get a chance to properly promote it, um, have a listen to Laura Irish talking about villains. We ended up talking about how she likes to write villains and that was a really interesting chat. So uh, check that out, episode 16. Anyway, uh, tell a friend if you're enjoying this show. We've only got four more. Let's do this. Get out and enjoy the rest of uh, Fringe Festival this week. Ciao. What's Your Jam is recorded in Wellington and is part of the New Zealand Fringe Festival 2017. Music by Robbie Ellis. Casual interference and support from Molly the Cat. Tea provided by Tea Leaf Tea on Manor Street. Jam expertly crafted by Bachmans. This show is hosted and produced by me, Jennifer O'Sullivan, and you can find useful links, more episodes, and suggest future guests by visiting whatsyourjam.nz. Thanks for listening.